2: Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Downwind, Tinks Shadow Hunter Blinds Burris Optics Dead Ringer The Grind Bomar Archery Element Outdoors Reveal Cellular Camera HHA and HHA USA Black Eagle Arrows Cobra Archery Camp Chef Novix Outdoors and caffeine support provided by Deer Camp Coffee. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Plant Podcast. Tonight we've got Dylan Ray from Hunting 101 Podcast from Bear Archery. Uh, Dylan, how you doing, man?
0: man i'm absolutely
2: wonderful how are you guys good and complain so excited to have you on i know um we've done some stuff in the past i've been on your show and 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 you guys i mean you guys are killing it over there doing such a great job and it's always interesting to me to do anything with bear archery in general mainly because of just such heritage with that brand and it's just so nice to um have you doing this and working that and having that not letting go of the stories, the hunting and all that. Cause I think it's such an important thing uh, to our industry as well as the heritage of hunting and Fred bear. So anyway, tell us, how's it going?
0: Man, it's going wonderful. And uh, you know, that's, that's part of that. That's always been my draw to bear archery. Uh, you know, you hear so many guys say, well, my first bow was a bear um, or the first bow I bought was a bear. And you know, that's my story. Um, you know, the first bow that I actually put my money towards to buy was a bear bow. And, uh, and so that's what, you know, brought me into it and, uh, worked at a bow shop through college. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, uh, some of the guys in the shop made fun of the fact that I shot a bear. And so I walked away from bear archery and, and for a number of years and, and, uh, came back to them. uh, this, so this podcast originally uh, was under the name of powder hook. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all. Uh, was under the name of Powderhook and uh, I kind of had the opportunity to take the podcast and run and so Bear Archery had worked with the podcast for a while and so uh, they took it under their wing and and you know what an honor uh, it, you know if you had to ask me as a kid what's one company you want to work for when you grow up it would have been Bear Archery uh, and, and because of that heritage because of that history because of that uh, just, just rich uh, tradition coming from Bear Archery and so you know, it's been an honor uh, to get to work for them and and to get to know the guys there. And and uh, you know, I can truly say that that I believe that that with the staff they have now, that that uh, you know, I believe that Fred Bear would be proud. And I believe that he would be proud of the way they carry on his name and his legacy. And so, man, things are going absolutely wonderful. Uh, busy, of course, you know, but uh, just absolutely wonderful. So, awesome, man. Yeah, Bear, Bear really has stepped up their game, right? I
1: mean, they keep coming out with all this cool new stuff launching. I mean, they're, they're really at the forefront of where the industry is going. I mean, just the, especially with this podcast stuff and all of that. So it, it is quite amazing to see bear over the long, long history that they have, but then continuing to sit at the forefront of where the industry is going with technology and, and products that they're putting out and just the marketing side of things. I mean, it, it hasn't been until, I don't know, probably the last five or six years that company has really been coming on board with the online content and all of that stuff. And uh it's really been really cool to see companies like Bear Archery putting out podcasts and content and all that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about like the the history of this podcast. When did it first launch? How many episodes do you guys have? What's going on with it?
0: Um, so it launched um, I guess two years ago, and it was under the powder hook name. And uh and so I worked really closely with Bear Archery from, from that podcast and uh, Powderhook, and I don't want to speak too much to it because I'm not sure of everything, but, but Powderhook got bought out by, a, by a, a very political organization. So basically they said you have two choices. You can either you know, continue to host the podcast and it be uh, very, very reined in as to what you can say, how you can say it, why you can say it, and uh, or, or we're going to give you this opportunity to take it as your own. Um, and so again, I had worked with the guys in some sort of capacity at bear for about four or five years now. And so, uh, I was real familiar with them and just knew that they were just great to work with. And so, um, you know, I just, I just thought to myself, well, if there's one person I want to take this podcast, it would be bear. And so, uh, I took it to them, uh, and, and they took it on as their podcast. We pulled down all the old episodes. Um, and so now we're back up to about 45 underneath the bear name. So, um, since the relaunch with bear archery, it's at about 45 episodes before it was, you know, maybe had 80 episodes, 90 episodes up. And so, um, but yeah, since, since the relaunch, we're sitting at 45 episodes now. So
1: awesome. Are you guys launching on a weekly basis or what's your schedule like
0: with it? Yes, sir. Every Wednesday morning, every Wednesday awesome. morning. And we try to do a lot of series. Um, so, so beforehand, before when it was a powder, hook, it was all series, uh, which was fun. But, uh, when bear archery took it over, we kind of, we wanted to do series, but not all be series. So uh, like we just wrapped up a traditional one-on-one series, uh, teaching you the very basics from the beginning, how to shoot a recurve, uh, how to get into hunting with a traditional bow. And so, uh, you know, we had guys like Jim Willems from the Pope and Young club and and Aaron Schneider and Fred, Fred Eichler and Clay Hayes. And, and, uh, I mean, just, you know, we got the pull from guys who, if anybody was gonna wanna learn how to shoot a recurve, that's who they would wanna call. Um, you know, Tom Clum from Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear and, and Harve Ebers, who was one of the founding members of Pope and Young. So just some iconic members of the traditional world we got to pull from and, and learn from these guys. And so, uh, you know, we'll do like an elk series when it gets closer to elk season. And uh, I mean, yeah, we, we run a lot of series, you know, teaching you from the basics. If you wanna get into, you know, say, bear hunting or traditional archery or uh you know we do those series teaching you from from step one how can you get into that um but you know then then of course we just have your fun uh storytelling episodes that, that everybody likes to hear so what's
1: what's your favorite when you so when you're doing all this different content like do you, do you like the ones like that are teaching people from the from the scratch or you liking the story ones for you as a host what's your
0: favorite uh, both. Uh, no, that's a cop-out. Um, <laughs> yes, I was going to call you out on, on it. So, you know, thanks for I calling say, out yourself. <laughs> I would say, um, I would say it's more dependent on the guest than, than the, the yeah. format of the episode. Um, you know, I mean, anytime you have Fred Eichler on, it's just a joy. Um, he's just a fun guy to talk with. Uh, he could literally talk about dirt and it'd be entertaining, uh, just cause he's so energized and has so much fun with it. Uh, no, I really do like the, the, the series. Um, because like with the traditional series, um, I myself, uh, when I started this series, um, I guess the first one I recorded was back in July with Jim Willems. Um, and I I told myself, if I'm going to teach people how to shoot a recurve, uh, then I'm going to do it too. Uh, so I put down the compound. And uh, so I literally was learning from the ground up how to shoot a recurve. And uh, so you know, just like everybody else, I get to learn from world-class guys on how to shoot a recurve. So I would say I really love the series, man, just because, you know, if you're going to learn how to elk hunt, I, I mean, why not get Remy Warren to teach you how to elk hunt, you know? No doubt. Um, so so I really like the series, man, because I get to learn new tactics, new tricks, new, um, new ways of hunting just w- with everybody else as they learn, I learn. So I, I like the series, man. Well, I,
1: I see that you've made the switch because I, I read the shirt, right? Traditional only. So, you know, it had some sort of effect on you, right? <laughs> uh,
0: it, man, it has it has eaten me up in every way possible. Uh, it really has. Blisters um, on every and, finger and, too. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, I find myself wanting to shoot ten times more than I ever wanted to shoot my compound, and uh, and Fred Fred uh, was the one that shed some light on that. He's like, well, it's because when you're shooting a compound you're either shooting good and you're satisfied or you're shooting bad and you're pissed. Uh, but with a recurve, you're either shooting good and you're stinking pumped or you're shooting bad and you're satisfied. (laughs) So it's like, there's, he's like, there's no euphoric high with a compound, you know, but, but with a recurve, when you hit the bullseye, it's like, Holy cow, I did it, you know? Um, and so then you want to keep shooting. And so it's, it's consumed every part of me, man. Uh, I, I, I love it. Um, it definitely is a struggle for sure. Um, but I did, you know, I wasn't quite ready deer season. I started in July kind of playing with it and tinkering around with it. And I wasn't quite ready with deer season uh, when it rolled around. So I did shoot my buck in, here in Kansas last year with a, with a compound. But, you know, I can say by this point, uh, deer season this year will be strictly with a recurve. So I love it. I love it. I love that it's traditional fun, side
1: of things. There's a lot of guys out there um, <laughs> that have switched back to it, you know, that, that started with it many years ago went to a compound and now they're back at it. Just, just like what you said for the fun of it.
2: So that's awesome, man. I hear a lot of both. Actually, I hear a lot of people say they did switch to it. Can't get a deer. So they stopped and they went back to crossbow. now. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think it's just all about, you know, you, you and your drive and what you want to do. I mean, it's like any, like, I, I always tell myself like, Oh, I should pick up traditional and do it. Right. But eh, let's be honest. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. I'm not going to get it done. It's not that I won't take it out with me the odds of me hitting a deer with it are slim to none and i i just i'm under the i've seen shooters with traditional that could outshoot a compound bow shooter that's how good they are with instinct shooting which is incredible but the amount i practice and stuff i would not feel comfortable or justify shooting it at a deer <laughs> without <laughs> yeah. something more that i'm now, better with
0: i guess you said you said you got to find that drive man and uh i'll tell you i uh I was on the phone with John Dudley one time and I said, well, I'm shooting a recurve now. And he said, Oh, I enjoy accuracy. And, uh, and, and for me, that's my drive. And now let me preference this for all you traditional guys up there. Don't get pissed at John Dudley. He was saying he himself isn't accurate with a, with a traditional bow. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying you can't be, he wasn't saying that, that they're unethical. So don't, don't start that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> that was my drive. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to show you, you know, I'm going to prove to you that I can be accurate. Um, so that was my driving. I told him that on the phone the other day and, and uh, he just laughed. He said, well, I didn't know that would have a lasting impact on you. You know, I thought it was just a joke, but, uh, <laughs> but I said, yeah, man, I, uh, you know, that was kind of my, my push into, uh, into you can do this, you know, but uh, no, I'll tell you, you know, I had those doubts too. of Will it ever get done? Can I ever get it done? Um, I mean, obviously I just, I struggled with it a ton and, uh, and I really got to the point where I was super confident at 20 yards. And, uh, you know, I just started looking back on the years and I'm like, man, you know, average deer that I've shot is, you know, 24 yards, maybe, um, maybe even lower. And so I just thought to myself, well, I'm already ready for that. Uh, so I took it to Texas with me and I didn't get to shoot a whitetail, but I shot a hog. And, uh, you know, once I shot that hog, it was almost just like, a, OK, you're good. Like, you can do this, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, once that first animal uh, was harvested, it was almost like, okay, you have nothing else to worry about now. So, um, how, how did it do against that hog, man? Those are, those are some tough animals to put down sometimes. Uh, well, I can't say one way or the other. Um, and I, <laughs> here's why. So I shot the pig and, uh, and it ran into the thickest stuff you've ever seen. And it was already dark by the time that I walked up to the edge of the brush, it was already dark, and so I started tracking blood, and uh, and I get to where I just couldn't go any further. Uh, now, the whole time that I was tracking this pig, I could hear it, so I could hear, I could hear it squalling, and I could hear it like the final death squall, so I know it died, um, and I know it died just 20 yards from where I was at, but I just couldn't get any further into the brush, um, so I know it did enough to kill him, but I don't know I don't know, you know, I didn't get to look at exit wounds. I didn't get to look at, at entry wounds. Um, you know, I'm shooting the, uh, the single bevel, um, from cutthroat broadheads, which is made by Tom Clum and, and, uh, I got them sharpened up really well. And so they penetrate really good. Uh, but I didn't get to look at it, at the animal. So I just, I don't know, you know, and, and, uh, I don't want to lie to you, so no, 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 that's
1: all good, man. I could I mean, have it shot makes... it in the neck for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> there, there's been times that we're out and we have done a hog hunter too, and um, you know you take the shot, and uh, you, it's a, I mean, it's a beautifully placed mm-hmm. shot, but that thing, it just won't go down, right? So it takes you know another one or two to put it down sometimes. So that's what I was yeah. wondering. But yeah, one shot and you, and you did it. That's a that's a good effect.
0: How sure. many yards was that yeah. shot? Uh, about seventeen. 17 yards something. Awesome. Yeah. That's I didn't really get cool. to, I mean, I didn't range it. Um, but I would say 17. I mean, after I walked it off, you know, uh, I kind of just counted in my head as I walked back to where I shot the pig and, and it was about 17 yards ish. Did it run away from you or did, did it barrel right for you? Now at first, man, when I, when I heard that pig squall, I thought it was coming right at me. Uh-huh. Uh, huh. so, so, so we, I was down there with Alec from bear archery and, uh, and we were filming, and we were on camera, and uh, you see me run backwards like a little girl, um, and then I realized the pig's not coming, so I stopped and yeah, I started I started backpedaling pretty quick when I thought that pig was coming out after me.
1: They can they can be mean little dudes, I'll tell you, man. Yes, I I had one, um, I I'd shot it. I, I want to say it was probably at about thirty yards with a crossbow. And this thing, like, instead of, you know, like a whitetail, it's usually typically moving away from the sound and and from the direction that the shot came in. Not this thing, man. It turned, came straight at me (laughs) and I'm like backed up against this tree, got nowhere to go. And I just, and I, you know, it's a crossbow, there's no reloading or anything like that in time. So I just kind of stood there and, uh, literally about six feet in front of me, it turned and went to my side and like, oh man, that was a close one. (laughs) It can be a little scary.
0: (laughs) I love it
2: yeah so so tell us about some of the guests on the show who have you had on so far and who's in the lineup coming up
0: uh so right in the pipeline we've got matt jennings from the game uh he comes out tomorrow um well i don't know when this episode is going to air but uh, he comes out tomorrow from when we're recording uh then next week we've got uh uh zach Farrenball from the hunting public um we've got uh who else on the pipeline Um, I want to have I want to have Clay Hayes on again Uh, I just announced announced that he was on season eight of alone and uh, so I want to have him back on to talk about his experience there Um, just recently you know we wrapped up the traditional series not too long ago um, so we had all those guys on uh, did a really fun just storytelling episode uh, with with Clay Hayes Aaron Snyder Fred Eichler and Jim Willems uh, so that was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, we've had, uh, I had uh, Jordan Jonas on, who is the season six winner of Alone. Uh, first guy on Alone history to kill a big game animal while on the show. So that was that was pretty cool to hear him talk about. Uh, was uh, he many, the one
1: that shot the moose or no?
0: Yeah. 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 How I many watched, people? Dude, that
1: was so amazing. Absolutely. was awesome.
2: How many people could be on your show at once with your uh, systems? F- four. Very cool. Cause I was just gonna say, we, we, we would love to be on with the alone people. Cause we've had, we've had naked and afraid people on before and <laughs> different shows. And Alone's like one of our favorites. It's so, it's so fun to talk about like how they did those things. And like, I just think it's so yeah. interesting. So detailed, I,
0: man, I'm super anxious to see Clay Hayes. Um, I think that he'll just do phenomenal. Uh, you know, of course he can't tell how he did yet, but uh, it's funny when he was on the show, I was asking all the guys, you know, how was your last hunting season? And, uh, and I thought it was so strange. He was like, I didn't get to hunt much. I was working on a pretty big project. And I'm like, man, what kind of project would you be working on that didn't involve hunting? And uh, so, like, I was literally wrapping my brain, uh, racking my brain. And then, of course, Aaron Schneider in the background goes, I know what he's talking about. And I'm like, what? What's going on here? You know? And, uh, and then so, finally, then he announced that he was on the show. And I'm like, ah, that's why he didn't get to hunt. I'm like, well, if you didn't get the hunt, you must have lasted decently amount of time, you know, right? Uh, it's not like you went out for 10 days or you would have came back and hunted. So I'm anxious to see how it unfolds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That show is pretty awesome, man. i watched
1: several seasons of it and it is, I mean, these guys and girls, not just guys, so super impressive with the skills that they have. Like I would be done in the first two hours when my feet got cold and I didn't have (laughs) foot warmers in my boots. So, you know, tons of credit to them for sure.
2: I'll never get the couple seasons ago where the guy, he was like an ex-military guy, and he gets there. And he, the bear? He, yeah, he sees a bear
1: in
0: the first 30 minutes. He's, he's like, I'm out. He's like, I'm out of here. Calls
2: calls. I'm like, are you serious
0: right now? Uh. No, I saw one guy, though. He saw a bear, and he's like, man, I'm not a hunter, so I don't have any kind of weapon but i'm gonna go after it and he starts chasing the bear yeah <laughs> and uh, okay. his reasoning was actually legit he's like you know i wanted to know this is my camp and you know whatever but uh but man i was like he went right after it with no weapon no nothing yeah it's, it's pretty
1: impressive to last that long with what what i like, think they get like 10 items or something like yeah. that um and that's oh, that, it. I mean, to build your own shelter, have your own heat source. There's some, and there's some crazy things that happened on that show, like some big fires, you know, some major injuries, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. some real legit stuff. So, I tell you man, what, that that guy that won the last one, that was he was incredible. Killed the one that killed
0: the uh, muskox and stuff. Holy cow! Awesome. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, man. And then you watch it, and you're like, "Good lord!" Like I couldn't build that shelter in my backyard with a chainsaw (laughs) much less with a stinking axe and and a tarp like i'm like (laughs) lord man uh no those guys are crazy dude uh but man that broke my heart for for you said the big fires you know when some of them have like a shelter fire and it's the middle of winter and i'm like dude you were set up like you had everything yeah and you stinking just caught your shelter on fire and now you're done yeah it'll be so hard
2: it'll be so hard to do that show I, i do feel as an outdoorsman I could last maybe a week. I don't know. I just don't see the how you can handle the mental part from like oh, being no. actually alone at some point. Now, to be honest with you, I do feel uh, any of us here uh, on this would actually probably do pretty well in the sense that you wouldn't feel alone because we're always talking to cameras. We could, I think that any of us here could actually that would be very therapeutic because I do it now. <laughs> so yeah. i'm also sure all i feel alone
0: i spend all day in my little man cave office anyways just sitting here talking so yeah if they you know, had internet with
1: the uh, access to tiktok they would be good man oh. we'd, we'd see a lot of content <laughs> come out of that
0: no, nice I'll tell switch. you switch. i'll tell you what you know kevin <laughs> just mentioned it and he said uh kevin said the last guy that won and the first time he spoke on camera i was like this dude automatically has my vote for winner because he said i don't have a family i live alone you know so a lot of those guys like one guy had a 1 year old i'm like there's no way yeah. that i can make it away from my yeah. 1 year old i'm like no. so the dude who has nobody back home uh, he already had my vote cuz i'm like that takes away the that takes away the 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 mental play the game in it. and now you're just really who can succeed you know yeah i
1: don't know man after this last winter with covid and the kids and the wife working at home and being at home for school i don't, <laughs> don't know i think I, I think i could last like six months don't say it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what the people that amaze me are the ones that know so much about plants that they can. yeah, live that, up. yeah a couple man.
2: ladies on there were amazing i
1: mean they yeah. make medicine they make food it's like this that's that's a talent
2: Yes. Or can go opposite, and you 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 make a mistake, and it could cost you big time. <laughs>
1: well, it was crazy though. the the one the one in which the guy shot the moose, the way that that ended with with the moose. I mean, he was on the verge of not winning, right? I mean, his body was still even even though he had this huge food source, he was starving to death. He was starving to death because there was no fat content, and yeah. it was all protein. <laughs> they always let them animals come and steal their good stuff i'd be sleeping on top of it
0: no doubt (laughs) you'd be going with it (laughs) and and what was interesting i finally got to hear his reasoning um you know when he was on the show so he killed the first wolverine well the second wolverine that came back you can only kill one wolverine there uh Uh, there's nothing i could do there's he said i tried to i tried to scare it off i tried to um but i couldn't kill it so I was like, "Well, man, that sucks." You know, just turn your camera off. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, no can you imagine? Oh, be- yeah,
2: that's the thing. You, you, they don't. I mean, shows are great and all that stuff, but again, it's, it's all, it's not real life. So there's rules yeah. behind
1: the rules for sure. There's the rules yeah. are always in place,
2: no matter where you're at. I remember we were watching. We had, um, we had the guy on from Fat Guys in the Woods years ago when that show was just on air and started to do well. And that was one of the things he told us. He goes, we can't cut this tree down. Can't touch this plant specifically. We couldn't touch this or that. And I mean, it was very interesting. Like when you hear it um, from that perspective, you know, like, oh, wow. Didn't think of that, you know.
1: For sure. But that is exciting. I mean, talking to, talking to good people, about their life experiences and having them share it with that just to bring it back to what you said earlier makes the podcast go so much quicker and easier because you, you enjoy listening to it. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, I love the ones where like you can ask a single question and 20 minutes later, they're still telling this story
0: and you're just listening to it. Cause it's so good. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> awesome. No, I, man, you know, there's been a few times and obviously I'm not going to name any names, but uh, there's been a few times where like, I grew up idolizing somebody and like that, they, they, you know, I, I watched them on TV growing up and, and, uh, and then I get them on the podcast and it's just like, you know, I want to shoot myself and I'm like, good Lord, this is horrible. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you to, like today, um, today we did one for Pope and young with Michael Waldell, and uh, that's somebody I grew up, you know, just idolizing and, and, uh, and watching on TV. And, you know, for me, he was that, I was at that age where he was the guy, you know, and, uh, I worried about that. Like, I was like, man, I wonder if he's going to suck. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to like him anymore.
2: Not and, well, I know. Uh, no, yeah. one of the it's greatest easy... guests of
0: all time, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's our, he's our keynote speaker at, at Pope and young this year. And, uh, I, you know, after that, I'm just, I'm after today, I'm just so excited to get to spend time with him and talk with him because man, you know, he's one of those guys that didn't disappoint, you know, uh, yeah. and, and some guys do. And, and, you know, again, I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, Put it this way: They're definitely better in front of
1: Dave the camera Thomas. than they are behind a mic. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, no doubt. No doubt. Dave Thomas. I'll I'll tell you somebody who doesn't disappoint is uh, Ted Nugent. Man, when oh we my had, god! Uh, back several years ago, when we when we had kind of first started the podcast, we had an interview lined up with his wife, right? So we're on this podcast and we're all excited about it. there's like four of us around the, you know, the recording equipment and we're talking to her and all that kind of stuff. And naturally he just comes up, right. He's going to come up in every conversation and she's like, Oh yeah, you guys want to talk to him? We're like, well, yeah. Right. So she hands the phone to him and he gets on the line and he's just 10 minutes of F bombs <laughs> and stories. And it was, it was just such a cool experience. Bro. It was fun.
2: Never talk to us again. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll take the one time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that Absolutely. was fun, to know, man. Was uh, fun. No, I'll tell you, that's that's exactly how how Fred Eichler was for me. You know, he he talked to you like he'd known you his whole life, and uh, just energetic, fun, excited, and uh, you know, just a, a really a really great guy. And yeah. uh, you know, same with same with Walt L today. You know, um, just the kind of guy that treats you like you know he's known you his entire life, which you know, for somebody of his stature, says a lot. And, uh, you know, that's important for me is, you know, they don't speak down to you. They don't speak like, you know, they're doing you a favor, but they speak to you like, Hey, we're all in this together. We're one big, happy family. We're friends. And, uh, and, and so, you know, to go back to, to that, that first question about, you know, what episodes are the best, you know, I would just say, if you have a guest that, that literally values being on your show, um, it's the best. And, uh, because they don't, they don't look at it as I'm doing you a favor or, uh, that, you know, they're, they're better than the rest of the world, but, but more so like, I'm just talking hunting, uh, which yeah. is my, my favorite thing to do anyway. So, and um, I think
2: people can see through it too, as well on the show percent as your consumer listening to it, you're going to see through that. And that's why it's important in my mind when they do the show, no matter who it is that, you know, they are down to earth, like Waddell is that Waddell has been one of our favorite guests for sure. Over time. I mean, he, he, he could tell stories for days and like, they're so good. Every one of his stories are hilarious. And they bring I mean, a lot of up,
0: just a lot of positivity, you know, I grew up in Arkansas. So I just love his little redneck sayings, man. I was just like, <laughs> every time I was just like, I'm back home, you know, I'm like, yeah, I feel you. Uh, you know, that's what my mom said, or that's what my dad used to say. Or uh, so that's what I love the most. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I'll tell you
2: one thing. I, I will say this about the podcasting and the industry and, I, one of the things I've enjoyed most about podcasting, I think, you know, it's we've all have, I think, is just talking to everybody in the industry. And it's just a great way to really come together. I think it's in and share like different stories and stuff. I mean, you're from Arkansas, we're from Michigan, right? I mean, it's just like we're all, it's all over the place, but it's a great industry. And I think that's one of the fun things. Um, is just having that communication and be able to talk and, you know, joke about things. And like Waddell still owes me some beer, for God's sakes. I got to text him now that you said that. I get like, oh, where's that (laughs) beer you owe me? (laughs) I wanted that blue beer from Georgia. But yeah, I mean, it's just, but it's just fun. And I think it's, and like for me, when I grew up, I was watching Bill Jordan. I was watching Tyler when he was a a kid, you know, growing up. So it was cool to have him on our show and talk real tree and all this stuff. It was just, so interesting to go from like being that perspective of watching a tv growing up to all of a sudden those people are in front of you talking to you engaging you texting you i mean it's really interesting yeah in, in that sense
0: no i you know i was telling somebody about this the other day and uh you know i was just going about my day the other day and i get a phone call and it says no caller id and i was like gosh stinging spam you know <clears throat> and so i answer it and i'm like hello And uh, he said, Hey, this is Dylan. I said, yes. And he said, this is Chuck Adams. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. (laughs) Like I'm like falling back in my chair. And uh, you know, I'm, I literally imagine like a little girl on the phone with him. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, I I read this magazine one time and you wrote it. And Oh my Lord, you know, you're the best there is. And, uh, but I'm telling you, man, he spoke to me like, and I don't want to say anything like that'll put him down age wise, but he spoke to me. He's like a a grandfather, you know, like, be careful, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) but he spoke to me like somebody who who valued my opinions who valued my you know i mean and just you know just a, a fantastic genuine guy yeah and uh and i'm like man these are the type of dudes that make up the industry i'm proud to be a part of you know no doubt.
1: Um, and I, I, we see the same thing, man,
0: is, is that the, the best podcasts the most genuine ones
1: are the ones that they want to share the love of what they do with everybody else. It's not about holding it to themselves, you know, and, ho- and holding those stories for themselves. It's about sharing that with other people to hopefully get them excited, you know, and, and that's something yeah. that we work for. Um, Before we did the podcast and everything, right, we wanted to build this community to bring hunters together and and share stories to to continue the tradition of, you know, hunting and bow hunting and all that. And uh, it's so cool when you get somebody that shares those values and you can tell just right off the bat, man, that they just want to share stories, share their experiences, not for themselves, but for other people. So,
0: yeah, and that's, you know, that's one thing that, you know, the Hunting 101 podcast was designed to not only teach, but to inspire Uh, so if you tell a story I want it to be a story where where somebody listens to it and they think man I've always wanted to try bow hunting yeah Uh, and and now because of that story I'm going to give it a shot you know or 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 you know even more specific I've always wanted to go on elk hunt and that story like yeah I'm in you know Um, so so that's really you know inspiring stories not just stories that make you look good not just stories that make you oh you shot the elk at you know 93 yards in a crosswind you know i don't care about that stuff but i care about the stories where it's gonna stop and make dudes go oh i gotta give that a shot like i gotta try that you know Uh, which for me that i mean that's what you know hearing those stories of of guys who who you know started with a recurve that for me that was like okay yeah i'm doing it and uh you know i told snyder that i'm like man watching your public switch to a recurve and, and the struggles and the ups and downs that's part of what made me say you know what i'm gonna try it um because I saw you enjoy it I saw you although it sucks at times I saw you uh, push through and get better and, and you know succeed at it and so I think if people are genuine enough uh, to tell stories where people are truly inspired then, it, then it'll make all the world a difference you know no doubt one of my yeah.
1: favorite questions to ask um, the different people that we have on. And sometimes they're not like big names in the hunting industry, or sometimes they work for a company and they're, and they're a product guy, right? They're a marketing guy or a sales guy. But one, one question that we always like to ask them is how they got started hunting, right? And it's just so cool that like, when you ask them how what, what got them into hunting, the smile that comes on their face. And they're so ready to share that experience, whether it was you know their buddy that got them hunting, their grandpa, their dad, their brother, their sister, whatever it was, or whatever turned them on to hunting, um, they just had this smile on their face that like kind of takes them back. And like, everybody's got that story. Why did you start? Who got you started? And it's just a fun time to like, go back and look at, uh, you know, all the interactions that you had over the years and how you got into it. So
0: it's fun. You know, for me, um, I don't have like a cool story, you know, it's pretty much just, you know, my dad hunted. And, uh, when I finally showed interest, he said, well, let's go hunting. Um, but what, what for me is even cooler is, um, my sister, when she met her, her future husband, uh, you know, I was a 10, 11 year old kid. Uh, maybe I, you know, I remember I was 13, 14, I don't know, but I was a young kid, impressionable teenager. And, uh, and he was a bow hunter. And so I remember the first time he came to my house, um, he pulled out this Matthew Z seven extreme. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh snap like dude that's the coolest thing i've ever seen uh and, and up until that point now my dad was a bow hunter but thanks to chuck adams my dad still shot like an 87 quick game getter because that's what chuck adams <laughs> shot when he shot a big bull moose or something my dad's six seventy-five. yeah so so he still shot like an, uh, a 1987 point game getter uh and so I, like that was my perception of archery it was like it's old school it's for old dudes you know like my dad uh, and then I met this cool guy that was dating my sister and he pulls out a Matthew Z seven extreme blacked out, you know, and I'm like, Whoa. And so I'm watching him shoot and I'm like, this is what I want to do. And so I found a bear charge online. Uh, you know, I paid like 200 bucks for it, but man, I went all out on that thing. I'm like, you know, I got to get custom strings. I need sights. I need to drop away. Nice. I need, you know, I just went all out. And, uh, and so that's what really got me hooked was, uh, was, was seeing a young guy, um, who made archery cool. Um, and so, you know, that's what, that's what really said, made me think, you know, I want to be a bow hunter. And so it's really cool for me to, to get to share these stories with my brother-in-law, uh, who really was the one who got me into it. And, uh, and, and, and gave me that itch, you know, and so, um, it's cool to get to share these stories with him, and, and, and I feel like he almost finds pride in it, like, yeah, I help you get started, you know, I help you sighted in your first bow, I help you, I helped you drag out your first deer you shot with a bow, you know, and so, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing to get to share with him, you know, now that I've found uh, a living in the archery world, um, I don't know if we've shared that yet, but, but, uh, my main job is the marketing director for Pope and Young, so, um, and so to be able to work in the, in the archery industry for a living and get to share those stories with him, the guy who inspired me to take on archery, uh, it, it's a special thing for me, you know? Absolutely. And Very I, cool. I
1: think you're right on. We all need to make archery great again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I owe my, I owe my hunting beginnings to my dad and then I owe my bow hunting, uh, beginnings to my brother-in-law. That's awesome, awesome. man.
2: All right. Well, Dylan, thanks for joining us and uh you know guys check out uh bear archery hunting 101 podcast wherever you get your podcasts because uh i'm sure it's everywhere i would assume yep
0: and it's on bears (laughs) youtube so if you you know if you want to go to bears youtube it's on it's on the bear archery youtube channel too so
2: yeah check that also go to beararchery.com you guys can check out the redemption one of the coolest bows we shot this year uh, actually one of my favorites and we did a bow build on it as well uh, you can check out dylan's favorite bows and the trads they have a ton of those and uh obviously one of the original maker, around well, the the original maker i believe uh with, with fred bear himself and also then they have trophy ridge cajun archery and uh sick broadheads so they have a lot going on we just tested some of those sick broadheads actually tim and i did about a week ago tim was it yeah in the ballistics gel that was yeah, awesome. which one did you test f3 and f4 oh man and I have to say, I was blown away because the, uh, I believe it was the F4 um, mm-hmm. that had such depth penetration. I was blown away by the cut in the depth of that thing. The uh, channel
1: yeah. that it did.
2: Very exciting. Like, I was,
1: I was busy cooking you lunch while you were Correct. shooting with James, <laughs> that is <laughs> but I saw the <laughs> aftermath and the channel was pretty impressive. Now yes. I'll tell
0: you, I, I, for the longest time, I've not been a, an expandable guy. Uh, I, I've been a fixed guy for, the better part of ten years, and yep. uh, now they released the SK2, um, which which won, you know, best broadhead of the year or whatever it won from Field and Stream. So I'm like, well, I'm, excuse me, I'm like, well, I better give it a shot. Um, and so I shot it, and uh, I was impressed by the way it was shooting. But uh, but then I went out and shot, and uh, I shot a big mature Kansas whitetail, and I knew I shot it a bit forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, crap, I should have had stinking fixed blades, you know? Um, and I find the deer and that, that expandable had busted through both shoulders. No way. Uh, oh, of, a that's giant, of a giant, you know, mature. Yeah. That's uh, very Kansas impressive. Body whitetail. And so I was like, man, I'm a believer. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I did still go back to fixed blades, but <laughs> I did yeah. go back to fixed, but I was, I'll say, man, I was impressed. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a fixed blade guy myself, but I shoot traditionally
1: crossbow. So, you know, the speed and the power through those things. I just like the, uh, the fixed, blade. I'm, I'm a guy that, and, and there's nothing wrong with mechanicals. Don't get me wrong. So you want to shoot them, shoot them. I'm not coming down. On it. It's just me personally. I like to eliminate any potential issue from going on. And to me, fixed blades do that a little bit. Um, but I think the expandables have come so much out there now. And I'm talking about like 10 years ago versus today. Um, it's really hard to find a bad expandable. Um, or mechanical, yeah. for that matter, compared to a fixed plate. There's a lot of good broadheads out there, and sick man, when when we put the <laughs> sick when we put those uh, those broadheads through the through through the gel, it was sick. It yeah. was absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I will say this too. Bear Archie has been holding out on us on the, uh, crossbows cause they've been all sold out their new crossbow, the impact. So we've been pushing them. <laughs> we've been pushing the headquarters. there. like, we gotta get this thing going. Like we don't have any, they're gone, man. They're not even, we can't even get them. They're sold out. You know, so that's something coming, Tim. That I'm really excited for you to try out yeah. and play with you and Kevin. Cause I think when you guys see this thing and shoot it, it's going to look sick and have a lot of power behind it. And I think people forget that Bear makes crossbows because they don't push it a huge amount. You don't see it a lot, but that is a, that is a big thing they do. And they, they, I mean, they make a cool looking crossbow that's for sure.
1: Well, that, and that was going to be my closing comment to you, Dylan, is I can't wait to listen to your crossbow segment for your podcast. (laughs) So
0: you let me know. Yeah, no, it'll come, man. It'll come for sure. Um, Awesome. Have you shot the, uh, have you shot the legit? the the little the the legit yes sir man, i got i got one of those for my wife and uh
1: oh that's a bad idea she can <laughs> conceal that thing
0: <laughs> i you know I, I i'll tell you what i was like man i better put it out to 70 and put it at 28 and just shoot it you know at least once <laughs> and i'm like god for a, you know 300 bow fully set up that right there is a shooter yeah, um, for sure. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm still shooting the Redemption. If I do shoot a uh, compound, it is the Redemption. Uh, but man, for a budget bow, that thing is a is a stinking good bow. Awesome,
2: that's for sure. Yeah, and I think and one of the bows we have a lot of fun with around here that we still have fun with, and I think you guys they sent them to us maybe maybe one last year, the year before another one is the Desire Pistol crossbows Yes, <laughs> we have a blast yes. with those things here.
1: We had a little shootout in the studio with that, Dave. Uh, he he, he did win, but I swear he sabotaged my sight,
0: my little red dot. Hey, at least I've I hit a the. Buddy. <laughs> Go I've got a buddy who shoots barn pigeons with him religiously, That's awesome. like all the time, dude. Uh, he'll send me so pictures fun. of pigeons all the time, and and uh, his little crossbow laid over him like a like a trophy photo, and I'm like, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> Those things are fun, man, for sure.
2: All right, Dylan. Thanks, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, we'll see you soon, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much.